Welcome to the Making a Runner podcast. I'm your host, Nick, a running specialist, biokineticist, and coach. And I'm your co-host, Davey, aka Davey on the Run, a running enthusiast, influencer, and marathoner, and I love everything about running. As passionate runners, we look to use our knowledge and draw on past experiences to provide you with cutting-edge science and insightful information. We are going to be unpacking the fascinating topic of running with all-stars, subject matter experts, and everyday enthusiasts to not only help you improve your running, but also ensure that you experience maximum joy with every step that lies ahead in your journey, wherever that may take you. This is how runners are made. It's how runners are made, baby. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I love running. I love running so much. And I, and I think we all know that. But currently, I'm overrunning. And it's a dark place to be in, hey? I don't think I'll ever be able to attempt this again. I don't think I can ever put myself through this again. So I've got one shot. I, I believe before we embarked on this journey, there was talks of us <laughs> holding hands and finishing together. Let's just be real with each other. Look me in the eye. Are we going to finish together? This is the greatest opportunity on the down run. It's 18 kilometers of pure running country. There's no major hills. There's no major climbs. Lots of support. There's lots of support. You're going to really feel excited at this stage. Don't get sucked in with people. Just race your plan. And it teaches you control because at the end of the day, you're the only person that can control the race. So don't allow yourself to ever be out of control on race day and don't let the race day control you. Before we begin today, Making a Runner was born out of a passion for running, but we wouldn't be able to bring you these awesome conversations without the support of our sponsors. I know that the day-to-day running of my online coaching business, or Davies, <laughs> social media presence, would not be possible without high-quality internet. Cool Ideas is a fantastic internet service provider offering ISP solutions throughout South Africa. They have been voted number one internet service provider for the last two years running and they are ready to provide you with a high speed, unthrottled and uncapped internet connection. Just like us providing you fantastic running knowledge, Cool Ideas pride themselves on providing the best customer support and that's why they hold the My Broadband title for best customer services. I strongly recommend taking a look at their website, that's today, and check coverage for your area. So guys, there you have it. This is the the Big Comrades episode. Hopefully it doesn't get flagged on any... (laughs) (laughs) We we might get cancelled on our first (laughs) Big Comrades show. We did not have the copyright approved for that one. So we probably... That's why we had to sing along ourselves to try and, and, and make the problem disappear. But here we are, guys. We're back. Nicola! David, <laughs> we are back. <laughs> Welcome to a new, I wouldn't say season of Making a Runner, but it certainly feels like a new start of Making a Runner. Why does it feel like a new start, Nick? Because you've got such fancy equipment and we are kitted out and we are... Yeah, I know. We, we've got a new, we got a new studio and um, we just got this uh, refound energy for the show. A full guest list coming up and we've also had some 
overwhelming uh, support over the last couple of months of our show. So we, we're so thankful of everyone that's dropped us a message, left a review. Yeah, you guys um, really have been amazing. And we, you've pushed us quite a lot. You really pushed us to, to new hearts with this show. And uh, hopefully today with this uh, Comrades special, it's obviously a very close thing for me and Davey. We've been working hell of a hard. 11 days, 11 yeah. days to go. As we record, but when you guys are listening to this, it's going to be even closer, four days, five days. So yeah, yeah it's going to be real. People are going to be jittery. I'm feeling hell of a jittery. How's your taper going? Tell me about your taper. I've got the taper flu, Davey. Oh, you know? We've both got the taper yeah, flu. Taper flu is a real deal. And everybody that I know is is struggling with the taper. Everyone, right everyone, really. There isn't a single person that I've spoken to right now in my in my close circle that's been like, "Yeah, I'm loving." I'm this feeling taper. good. I'm loving. I was it. so excited for a taper, and now I'm like, because like I did um, a post like a week ago when we started our our taper period, and basically, you know, in my mind, I equate tapering. You know, especially when you're going through a very hard training block, you're getting all these endorphins from double runs, you're running more than you ever have, your, your body's like just really feeding off of these endorphins that you're, that you're creating. And then now you start tapering and it's literally like a, a big come down. Yo, tapering is really one of the, the toughest things because you just have this overwhelming sense that you're losing all of your fitness yeah um all of a sudden you're feeling little aches and pains that are yeah. coming out of absolutely nowhere i mean you've got a hip injury i've got an ankle injury <laughs> we've survived the comrades training in, in our taper nick was hobbling off doing like a like a pimp limp yeah that yesterday was a track session <laughs> yeah but i felt fine like within like three minutes afterwards i felt fine the irony so. is that before this episode he's speaking to some illegal doctor <laughs> getting some drugs I, I didn't ask too many questions Maybe but do not ask the uh, response was he was like uh, it's about a one out of ten and oh. i was like really the one out of ten is psychological because my ankle is like a five out of ten so then i'm worried yeah, no, but Davey, you've uh, you've been worried about this ankle for a while. Hey? But if you don't have some excuse to pin all of your energy onto right now, I don't think you're doing it right. No. Ugh. Yeah, it'll <laughs> be fine. We're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. It's a long taper period, though, for comrades as well. Like, yeah. I'm only used to a, like a week's taper. This is two weeks taper. Yeah. Essentially, a one-week deload mm. and then taper, taper. Look, two, the two weeks is a long taper. It's the longest <laughs> taper you can really do. Any Anything after two weeks, you do find that you start to lose a bit of that that race sharpness and uh leah our producer and, and my wife was telling me that <laughs> was telling me the other day i think it was like three weeks ago two weeks ago i had like a monster week we had like our biggest weeks of training we were feeling so strong and she was like oh, i wish you could just race comrades ne the next weekend 100 percent. and yeah i also wish the same but you know that's you got to trust the process this is i think where you know you've done all of your training you've done it damn right and you felt good during it so you just have to trust the fact that you have done that and know that come race day once you get going once that gun goes off once you hear chariots of fire and the, you sing the national you're now going to be start, singing it we're going to be <laughs> singing <laughs> rock art so um, i'm very excited i'm excited for the race i'm excited to to stand on that start line to get that overwhelming support on on the day i think that's gonna make us forget all about this taper and everything's gonna feel right so let's talk about some stats because right. you know everybody yeah. loves stats we, we've got stats i love stats yeah so i mean in terms of the stats for for our comrades prep you can look at it in two ways and that's how i've decided to split our stats for today okay um, so obviously we've known about those comrades for a while we've been training for it you could say for for the last year that's Since been 
Cape Town Marathon. Yeah. So we, we obviously peaked for Cape Town Marathon. We ran our qualifier there. We had a little deload off the Cape Town. And then we went straight into full swing comrades training. And like in Jan. No. We, we haven't raced we haven't raced much. I mean, mm-hmm. I say that we've done we've done quite a bit. We've <laughs> we each done PBs and all different uh, distances, 5K, 10K. Yeah, we got that out the way. 21Ks. Yeah. Uh, so we've done all of those, um, but we haven't raced a real long distance in a while. And I just always try and channel my inner Cape Town Marathon energy where I felt strong and I want to I wanna be feeling like that going through halfway at Comrades. But if we look at some stats, so since Cape Town Marathon, Tell um, me, yes, give it to me. So I've done personally 3,231 kilometers, which is a hell of a lot. Davey, yes. you're sitting at 3,295, right? So you've done a little bit more than me, but here's the, here's the thing, right? Ha! The hours. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. Even though you've done like 60 kilometers more than me, you've done 20 hours less than me. Because I run faster. Because you run faster. <laughs> the average pace. And I'm part of that. You, are. you look at me and it's you go, It's all wrong, idiot. Baby. It's all wrong. <laughs> but it's Tell okay. me why it's wrong. Tell, well, tell me. We've spoken about this in previous shows, but uh, essentially the art of running slow in mm-hmm. order to run faster on mm-hmm. race is a proven method and a m- method that I like to use with all of my clients and coaching athletes. And Davey, you just don't fall into that bracket. No, you, because you my argument... And I still believe it's a valid argument is that I understand the theory and I understand the, the, the need for a recovery pace and recovery runs. But in my mind, I'm saying if I can train myself to run recovery at 420k, then then that's my recovery pace. And then my race pace is just going to be a lot better. So... There's, look, uh, there's definitely a psychological element to that. And I, I see what you're talking about. Like during track s- sessions, sometimes when I'm doing a hard interval and then my recovery pace is faster than what I would be racing marathon of, or comrades at, I'm like psychologically, hell, I'm hell of a strong. If this feels easy now, comrades going to be a walk in the park. Exactly. But okay, physiologically, yeah. that's where the differences come in, right? So you have this ability to keep your heart rate low, which is also why I haven't really overly emphasized the fact that <laughs> you need to run really slow because your heart rate is staying relatively low. And the fact is, if you stay in the lower zones of your heart rate, you are building your aerobic system. And in building your aerobic system, that's what we need to really get that engine sorted so that when it comes to running a big race like Comrades, you have this massive level of fitness. Mm. So that's, I mean, it, it's all individual. And you know we've spoken about it before where you got to figure out the right balance between the pace zones, the heart rate zones, and your effort level. But as long as the effort is feeling easy, then that that's all that really matters. Obviously, we then look at what's been happening in the last five or six months, which, you know, in terms of any comrades prep, when someone asks you how many how many kilometers you, have you done, and this is like folklore. Like if you ask some people, they truly believe that if you run a thousand two hundred kilometers, that's a Bill Rowan. If you run two thousand one hundred yeah. kilometers, that is a silver. So there's definitely some science behind that method, but it's also just what people's beliefs are you know you can run a silver on a thousand kilometers you can do a very bad comrades on two thousand kilometers it just completely depends on the individual for us if we look at that stat since march essentially so with comrades being two months later we don't count from jan we count from march and again it's it's a similar story between the two of us i've done a little bit more mileage about 20 k's more than you so 2400 
kilometers, <laughs> which is crazy. Uh, you've done 2,374, but again, the hours is a bit different. So you've done 20 hours less than me. Your pace is again is about a kilometer an hour faster on average. So let's just say this out here. I think that you are a faster runner, Davey. Well, I, th- um, I think that was always implied. I didn't. I don't think that needs to be said. I think uh, that's one of those- Silence. I mean, I mean, you're the coach. Yeah. You're the talent. I'm the talent. Yeah. That's, that's I'm, just a, I'm just an old coach, an old dog trying to teach a, a second, young guy new tricks. Second dolphin home is not too bad. Okay. Now, now you're going <laughs> to provoke me because now this is where I'm going to start getting ugly. Okay, let's do it. Because the total elevation gain on average over the last six months. But it's fine because it's a down run, so it's fine. Yeah, sure. You don't need your legs <laughs> to run downhill. Yep. My total elevation gain on average has been per week 1,300 meters. And 24. Yes, you got the stats. 1,324. <laughs> you, Davey, you've yes. done 800. Which isn't bad. No, 892. Okay, 900. You rounded down <laughs> substantially there. Call it 900. Yes, call that it is, 900. That, that's a big miss there. Hey? You, you have not done enough. No, but, no, but it's, it's geographical. Because yes, you've been doing all your runs around the flat track. I completely no, agree. because I live in Amshloti, oh. which is as flat as, as you can get. Yeah, fair enough. And I but drive to Belito a I lot. Feel, I feel like I have a bit of a... a advantage here now uh, you can have that one. i'll give you that one my boy it's fine you can take the elevation here's the real kicker though i think yes. in terms of the the main stat here <laughs> and the one that I'm, no let's I'm, talk about cycling I'm before most, you get onto that no i let's, don't even want to talk no, let's about, talk about how much cycling have you done i've done probably about 30 minutes because i hated it i got and what did bike. i do you've done eight hours on your mm. ass <laughs> i don't even remember doing eight hours I'm not it was lie. when you had like a calf injury did you ca- did you count amsterdam no, I didn't. But then I spent more than eight hours on my hours. Either way, the main stat out of all of them is that you've ceased to do any strength training for the last four to five months. What do you say? <sighs> Decline to answer. You reserve, the, you reserve your right to answer, yeah. No, listen, it's, it is one that I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed and frustrated about because I was very much enjoying my uh, strength training and then you were enjoying it i was i think i was I, it's hard to look back now I'm glad, I'm glad we got this recorded because <laughs> never once have i heard you say that you enjoy the strength training that i give you out of the willingness of my heart no i did enjoy it but then what happened was was comrades training really got going and it was just the intensity of the running because we were running Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Right? Double runs on most days. Double runs on my, on most days, and and I mean, what you gave to me was sort of like two two times a week, and yeah. the two times a week was a Monday and a Friday. And on those Mondays, I think I just made the conscious. I know I made the conscious decision <laughs> to choose rest over the strength training because I just I wasn't I was I wasn't handling it very well, so I just like I needed like that one day off and, and obviously like coming to Belito and then it was just another day that I'd have to get out of bed early and all of that. So so I made the decision to to choose rest, which for me was like, I, it was a hard decision to make. And yes, I probably could have like got in the evenings or whatever, but I, I was just, I was struggling in all honesty. And then the Fridays as well, you know, it, we would run on a Friday. So it would just be a, a double workout Friday. So yeah, 
I made the decision to do no strength training since April. You, on the other hand, you're a bio at heart, so you would live in the gym. I do live in the gym, but I must say I also... I think you would have was, made a plan to go to the gym anyways. Look, I did I did try to keep up the two times a week. I was doing some pretty good strength training in the beginning, but then, like you said, running did take over, and the quality of the strength work really fell by the wayside where I had to focus more on the smaller movements. And, you know, it's it's totally okay, I think... There's, there's a big element of the down run that you do need strength in order to to handle that down run. And we're going to get into the the details of the down run in today's episode. I really want to, you know, as people listening to this, building up to that day, you need to have a good idea of what's coming your way in order to be mentally prepped because I think that mental strength is really what's going to take you mostly through. Uh, so, I mean, in terms of other things that people have to look forward to today's conversation, we, we are going to be touching back on uh, a couple of past conversations for from guests that we've had on the show so far that are going to be on the Comrades route with us. They're going to be running Comrades and you're going to be hearing directly from them. So uh, there's uh, Gammy on the go. You'll remember Gammy, the real enthusiastic runner, doing his, uh, his first Comrades. Can you believe he's qualified and actually going to be running it on the day? So you're going to be hearing from him. You're then going to be getting some uh, some real-world advice, last-minute advice from from Barry Holland. The, the legendary. The legendary Barry Holland, 47 Comrades in a row, going for number 48. And then in closing, we're going to have some words from uh, Prodigal Kumalo, who... Who's been doing some very interesting training. He's been doing some very interesting training. I can chat a little bit about that. But yeah, he's a Comrades legend himself, gold medalist. So just some final words of motivation. But in order to start with that motivational section of today's show, what were the highs and lows of of this um, training block for you, Davey? I mean, if you look, don't think about it too much. What What were the best things that you got out of it? What were some of the real lows? The highs for me was um, getting to 155, 156 kilometers a week for me. It just got to a point where it was just like full steam ahead. And I mean, remember when we started, the most I had ever done was I think 110 k's a week. And when you sort of said, we're going to go 120, 130, 140, 150, I was like, yo, I'm, gonna f- I'm probably going to fall off the bus at like 120, 130. And, and it may not sound a lot, that extra like 20 k's a week, but it's still like another two hours that you have to run during 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 the week, and you have to and you have to go out and do those two extra runs or that one extra long run or something. So, for me, once I hit that stride, and particularly after a root tester, that was that was like the high for me when I was like I was just I'd never felt fitter. I had never felt you know I was basically pouring my heart and soul into this running program because I mean let's face it mm. your entire week was basically like okay, planning your runs and and you know there's just something really like once you're in it and once you're like just and it was going smoothly that's the important thing like like I know for some people like you, you're, you're facing like maybe not fit enough at that point or you have an injury or, or there's lots of factors that could be going into it but for like for us and me in particular I had a really smooth sort of training program a touch wood I mean now I'm dealing with an ankle but there were no real major injuries which was just such a blessing mm-hmm. so I could just focus on that running which um, and I've been very injury prone in the past like I've I've had things that have like stop start stop start so this was just honestly like um, a real treat and, and that was a half for me I can honestly say that I've, I've 
given it 110%. I know that, hand over heart. It's like, like you said, when we finally finished that last long run, you're like, we've done the work, mm. you know? And we did, we put so much effort into that. So for me, the high would be just the amount of pure time and energy that we've put into it. Like it's gonna make, you know, finishing that race feel even more, you know, rewarding because yeah. like we've like, just groveled for this. You know, I think, even if you look at eight months back, six months back, you have this this giant goal back then already. Looking ahead, you're seeing this this massive goal coming your way. And now you sit just beneath it. And, and you know, it's like a mountain. And as you're getting closer to that mountain, that mountain looks bigger and bigger and bigger. And now we just, we got to climb that bloody thing. Yeah. And I think we, we're as ready as we've ever been. We've trained as hard as anything. Uh, we've done some really smart work. We are at, in, in prime, real prime condition. So mentally, we know that we have this and all of that, you know, positive energy that you're talking about, those highs that you felt are really going to come out on on the race day. That emotional energy is going to carry us through. It's going to be a hell of an emotional day. Uh, but it hasn't been without, without the lows. You know, the lows for me, it's the consistent tiredness Jeez, man. the the wake up in the morning and just get out of bed and know that you have to tick that box you have to go on that long run it's pitch black you're still finishing in the pitch black i mean we're lucky here in durban that mm. it's at least not freezing cold uh i've also i've had a bit of an injury streak throughout uh the training period i mean it's not that it, it affected my training in any <laughs> Your way stomach but uh, yeah, no, no, no. Well, I had my calf, then my Achilles, then it became my my quad, and now it's in my hip. So it's sort of just been there, working its way up, working its way <laughs> up. <laughs> Hopefully, it uh, works its way out of me. <laughs> Doesn't go any further up after this. But uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a hell of a journey, and I'm I'm just very happy that at least you know we could share that together because that's the other thing you know having a running partner to be able to do this with you to motivate you to know that's going to be there during the hardest times even though you do get cut full of each other um you want to <laughs> bloody punch the swap me uh, yes, like a mosquito there was so many that, the amount of times <laughs> that i would call davy a mosquito and i'd you'd come and try hand me flowers and i would just swat the flowers out of his hand because i was just getting so angry i definitely saw an ugly side of myself there yeah you did um but um yeah thank you davy thank you for you're, getting you're me well, out of bed oh, and there you um, go. getting me getting me to this uh, this race i mean at one at and at peak, we were spending how many hours together with during the week? Oh, like 11 hours. Yeah. 13, and that's just running. Now we've got to come and do a podcast together. <laughs> then you wanted me to come to, to gym. That's why we took a short production break. Yeah, we, <laughs> we needed some space. I had enough. And now we got a big table away from each other so we can <laughs> at least keep some space from each other. Yeah. But yeah, it's been a hell of, hell of a training block. But I, I mean, I also just have to... I really agree with this, um, with the with that low that you say of, of you know it's just it's a consistent like I, I I love running I love running so much and I and I think we all know that but currently I'm over running and mm. especially at the end of it like I even said to Kath I was just like I'm so I'm so over running and it's a dark place to be in hey when you're training for comrades and why do you do comrades because you love running and all of that it's such a dark place to be in when you actually like i just i, I don't want to run anymore i just want to mm. i want to take that saturday off i want to sleep in on that sunday and it's like it's the consistency of just it's some it's so monotonous mm. monotonous monotonous hippopotamus sorry <laughs> 
It's so monotonous. 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 <laughs> and it's just like it's it's um it's mentally challenging. It is mentally challenging, but you know, right now what we're facing is the complete opposite. Now we have all of a sudden all of this time that we I'm happy to, with the time. No, 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 for sure. But <laughs> it's it's extra time to think about the the race and and think about the goals and think about how your body's feeling. And don't get me wrong, I'm loving the extra sleep. I'm loving the extra time I, I get with my wife. It's just um, yeah, it's it's got it comes with its own challenges. So I think this is a good starting point to get onto uh, Sean's voice note, Gammy, his yeah. voice note because it directly speaks to these challenges. And I think that there's a lot of people out there that will relate to exactly what he says. So listen up and then we can, uh, we will unpack uh, his thought process. Hey, how's it coach? Sorry for the, for the late reply. Um, I ended up going for about an hour yesterday. The, the knee is not a problem. You know, it's just a little bit aggravated. Some more of those niggles through it. Um, it's just a, it's a, you can, I can feel that it's a lot sore with the quality speed work. But other than that, I'm all good, um, feeling good. Um, I am very anxious, to be honest about this, about the comrades. We all are. <laughs> literally have a pit in my stomach um, every single day for the past week or two. I'm extremely nervous um, because I know that I can't, I don't think I'll ever be able to attempt this again. I don't think I can ever put myself through this again so i've got one shot and i need to i need to make it work so i'm really hoping that I, i've done enough and that i'm going to be okay because yeah as i said it's just one of the dreams to finish this thing and prove people wrong and um i'm just hoping i've done everything i can and and i've done the best i can so yeah i'd love to know what what you think and um, how you think I'm going to do? What are the stats? You know, obviously I'm going to struggle. There's no question about it, but I just want to know whether or not I can finish. I believe I genuinely can. But what do you think? What are the stats pulling up on your side? <laughs> yeah. Me. Oh, so <laughs> that was that was a very interesting one, and I mean, you can relate to that 100%. And I'm sure there's everyone that's listening to this that's got comrades in a couple of days will relate to that. And I, I mean, t further onto that conversation, I, I had to give Gammy a phone call because I was like, yo, this guy is clearly struggling. The fact that he thinks that, you know, has he done enough? Have I done enough? You know, Gammy in particular, you remember from episode three, he's a guy that in previous training periods, he's done like minimal, minimal training. Like for his two oceans, his longest run was a 10K, right? No, really? Yeah. I forgot that. Yeah. So it's, it's quite incredible, <laughs> right? So I phoned him, I was like, Gammy, how far, how, how much running do you think you've done in this, in this six month training block for comrades and he goes oh, i don't know coach maybe 200 250 kilometers so i was like you you do realize that you've done 850 kilometers of running that's how much running he's done but in his head he's he, he hasn't even seen that he yeah. did he did 200 kilometers last month on its own yeah but he just thinks hell i have not done enough not to mention the fact that he's he's ridden so that 200 that 800 kilometers i'm talking about he's done as 20 percent of his training 70 percent of his training has been on a bike he's done mm. like a thousand eight hundred kilometers on a bike so he's done a copious amount of training for those comrades he is more than well prepared for it obviously with gammy it's it's a very it's very much a psychological issue right now but that's that's what happens when you get into the taper you start to second guess and you enter this negative feedback loop where you're just asking things and questioning things and that's leading to further uh, rabbit hole 
<laughs> type mentality. And it's just interesting to hear even someone so positive like Gammy, you remember, I mean, yeah, his positivity is what's taken him through to this point. He's still struggling with that. And even on this phone call that I had with him today, he was like, I'm not getting any sleep. I'm getting into bed and all I'm thinking about is comrades and how I'm going to do. And I'm like, bro, you, you've got 10 days still. Mm. If you're worried about it now, it's only going to get worse. Yeah. So you need to get, get yourself into a better routine. So I think this is a, a good point and a good time to give people a little bit of mental prep. And perhaps, Davey, you have uh, some um, sort of, uh, ways that you mentally prep yourself and i know that obviously from my outside perspective of you davy i see that you're a hell of a strong mental individual when it comes to racing so when it comes to running perhaps you allow your negative self-thought to get into you but when it comes to a race there's no doubt that you will not achieve the goal that you set your mind to so i think obviously having that positive mindset is key what do you use any particular uh, ways to to prep yourself up for these types of situations yeah it's it's so it's so interesting to hear you know i mean gammy is obviously you know definitely classically overthinking this um, which is the worst thing you can do and and i've learned that the hard way because you, you do end up completely psyching yourself out and the mental exhaustion and the self-doubt actually can have like a really realistic effect on the day. It can give you a, a whole bunch of problems. So I've sort of learned to um, put it on the back burner. I really haven't even given comrades uh, too much thought. And and that sounds funny, but I know that if I, you know, dive into it at, the, at this point in time, I will eventually suck myself out. Like I know some people will analyze the route, like you love analyzing the route and all of that. But like my biggest thing is is showing up on the day and, and just, you know, running. And, and it, sound, yeah. it sounds very simple and it probably might be a, a very, very, very simple technique, but I, I really don't want to psych myself up because I, I've had that in, in the past and, and it's played against me. So yeah, I think um, it's difficult, you know, I mean, Sean has had training training issues. I mean, I mean, he's got a very unique situation. For Obviously, sure. For sure. He's, he's, not a, he's not your everyday runner. Just reminding listeners that haven't listened to the third episode, Gammy fell through a glass pane <laughs> as he was a very young boy and uh, severed his nerves behind his knee and completely lost sensation of his leg from below his knee. And now basically his leg is just a sack of bones that he runs on. So he needs a splint to run. He needs a lot of support. The area where he's got the, the lesion, it's not a operable area. So he is... Leah uh, <laughs> is shaking her head. Operation friendly area. Operable. What? Operable. Operable <laughs> area in the sense that he can't <laughs> Thank get you, it. Thank you, Grey's Anatomy. Sorry. <laughs> in the sense that he would not be able to get it amputated easily. And sometimes in this case, amputation perhaps would have been an easier situation as you will find out from the Travis episode, Turbo Trav, which uh, was last week's episode. And, you know, for, for Gammy, it's been a hell of a ride. and He can't feel his leg at all. So you don't know how much damage yeah. or how much pain he's actually causing. And people in his life have always told him that you'll never be able to run, you'll never be able to do this. So it's, it's it's more than just himself wanting to do comrades. You know, he's trying to prove a lot of people wrong. He's even told me on this phone call that his surgeon is going to be waiting at the top of Cowie's Hill. And he's gonna, he just wants to get to Cowie's Hill so he can show his surgeon that he's he's done it, you know? Yeah. So. And I mean, also looking at, you know, Gammy's training, he's spent so much time on the bike because he had to, because yeah. he couldn't do you know the 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 necessary running that was required because it it would just be too much uh, damage you yeah. know for that leg in the build up so at I mean, the same time, Davey, it's been incredible because 
the guy from going from only being able to run 10 Ks because his leg would be too sore to now being able to get 850 kilometers of training. Yeah, it's, dude. And he qualified. I mean, the fact that he qualified yeah. is like, you know, his previous marathon PB 550 he qualified with a 438. So yeah, so, yeah. it's been an incredible journey for him. I think, yeah, it's going to be a matter of um, mind of a matter on the yeah. day for Gammy. And I have no doubt in my mind that as long as as long as his body doesn't you know give up and mm-hmm. he doesn't have like you know those challenges his mind's going to push him through yeah he's extremely strong uh, in his head he he wants this more than anybody yeah. trust me i think he wants this the most i mean yeah. i mean gammy finishing is going to be gammy winning comrades i mean that's that's the equivalent so you know i just think as long as as long as his body doesn't and I, even if it does i think he might even push himself through and it's that time that he's going to have to watch mm. but it's going to be amazing to see and and i'll back him all the way and i mean that's what i actually it's great that you mentioned that because i had to remind them of that today you know i was like gammy you're the most positive person i know yeah your positivity is what has brought you to this point you need to allow yeah. that positivity he should not be you. doing this yeah <laughs> he should not be doing I mean, you should not be doing this. And that's what makes it so special yeah, is the yeah. fact that you are because yeah. you want to prove everyone wrong. We believe you can. And it's just going to be incredible to see. But just just know that for it, everybody, yeah. and I haven't run comrades before, so I don't know how I'm giving comrades advice, but... <laughs> What I'm, what I've been told is, you know, it's just, it's just mind of a matter. It's, it's, it's a mental push. You know, the last 30, 20 Ks is just yeah. that's what I've meant to prep for. Because we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the breakdown yes. and we'll talk about the importances. I think, you know, it's important to note that everybody is different and the way that you deal with this psychologically is different. So you might be like Davy and you might be able to just put it to the side and not think about it. But if you are someone that is struggling a lot with thinking about it and you know, you can't just say to yourself, Oh, stop being silly. Don't think about it. I think, from my perspective, it is important to get yourself into a routine. Make sure that you have a set time for going to sleep. Make sure that in the hour leading up to that bedtime, it, you know, you're not on social media, you're not watching things, perhaps you're listening to something motivational. But I think it's things that people do generally, but then when it comes to something that puts them under a lot of pressure, they tend to forget about it. And forgetting about it, uh, they start to get into this negative feedback loop, like I say, and then it moves on from there. So you need to allow yourself to get into a good nighttime routine, set that and- um, Can I tell you my nighttime routine? Tell us. Have I told the listeners before? You haven't, tell the listeners. Because I have my nighttime routine waxed, all right. So, so basically, it begins with a nighttime cream, body cream, that I lather over my chest and my so, arm. So this, I have to just tell the listeners, we had one night where Davey and I slept in the same tent together and he offered to, to lather this cream on me. No, that was the ointment. A uh, different one. Different okay, one. okay, we're going to get to the ointment, okay, guys. So, so you start with the nighttime cream, right? And you put that on your chest, on your arms, a little bit on your neck, if you so please, right? And then it's the ointment, so that's a little balm, right? And that goes on all your all your stress points, right? So like your wrists, and then a little bit more over here. That's what I rubbed on you, my boy. Okay, <laughs> and you and you slept well, okay, and you, and you snored a bit, but but it was good. And then, all right, then comes the pillow spray, 
Right, so this is a pillow spray. Yeah. It's a lavender pillow spray that you spray on the pillow. You, you you rub that in. Then comes the room spray. It's another lavender room spray. Okay, so spritz, spritz, spritz. Put it on the dog. Put it on cat. Spritz it around the room. Right. Then you put your Himalayan salt lamp on. Click. Then you light the candles. Click, click. Right. Then you get nice and calm. And then you get the satin pink eye mask. The matching one because Kath also has one. Then you both put that <laughs> over your face. Lights off. Lots. Oh, and then Catherine also has this new thing. It's called um, it's called brown noise, not white noise. Brown noise, and then that goes on. Lots out. So this nighttime <laughs> routine was proudly brought to you by Davey on the run. If you want more information, pop me a DM. I'm so I'm so passionate about my nighttime routine. I'll gladly help you, Davey. I'm really proud of you. Opening up to our listeners. Eh? <laughs> and then and then also if you if you so please a glass of uh, magnesium, you know, just a little bit of effervescent magnesiums or, and a bath, some magnesium. Man, oh. this guy's got this nighttime routine wax. I'm it gonna is. stop giving nighttime advice. <laughs> Hey, Nick, I have a really cool idea. Yeah, what's that? It's time for an ad break. Hello to all the Making a Runner listeners. My name is Mike Sewell, and earlier this month, I embarked on a second attempt to run 20 comrades in 20 days, starting in Cape Town and finishing in Peter Maritzburg in time to run the Comrades Marathon itself. I was also fundraising for Chalk Childhood Cancer Foundation South Africa with the target of raising a million rand. Unfortunately, on day four, I got clipped by a car that was overtaking a truck behind me and its wing mirror hit my arm, breaking my humerus bone into two. So the dream of continuing the run has unfortunately been shattered. But the focus now is still very much on raising as much money as I can for Chuck. So I'm trying to get the message out there as wide as possible. If you would like to support the cause, please look me up on social media. My Instagram handle is underscore Mike Sewell and you'll find me on Facebook as well. If you're not on social media, you can head over to the comrades.com webpage, uh, follow the charities link, and then you can search for me, Mike Sewell, and my profile will come up. If you're listening to this after Comrades, um, donations will still be open for a little while. So um, if you would still like to donate, there's no reason not to. Thank you so much. All the best. Davey, thank you so much for your nighttime routine. You're most welcome. <laughs> really is an invaluable piece of information for our followers. So speaking of our followers, we've uh, we also put a little poll out before our podcast tonight asking for a couple of questions mm. uh, related to Comrades. So we're going to go through a couple of those now and a couple of them later. Uh, we also went through a few just in passing through our conversation leading up to this point. So I'm going to let Davey have a go here and we'll try to answer you as best as we can. All right. So, first question. Uh, must I say the names? Yeah, or let's, okay, let's give people uh, let's, a shout. It's Instagram handle. So it's Sansa underscore Heat. Okay, Sansa. Sansa asks, "I've been running for just over a year. When is the best time to start training for comrades?" Nick, take it away. All right. So, comrades for next year has just been announced as the eleventh of June, which is a fantastic thing because I think training for comrades into <laughs> August means that you've got an extra two months of the year, which I've makes just, it. I've just realised that's the day after Catherine's birthday. So, so is it going to happen? I don't. I don't think so. Well, happy know. birthday, baby. 
<laughs> I'm going to go run comrades. <laughs> so um, I think in terms of answering that question, it depends on how your running has been going up until this point. If you've been training for a year and you're getting, you're at the point where you're running 10, 20 Ks uh, pretty comfortably, injury-free, if you give yourself a good eight months of training, uh, considering that you're also going to need to train for a marathon, you can really get trained in time for comrades and uh, participate in that race without putting too much strain on your body. At the same time, it all depends on how your body handles it. So I'd prefer to give people, say, about a three-year period where they're building themselves up to train for a race like that, where they do a couple of marathons and that build up and then eventually peak off with their comrades. Um, you okay. can you can also contact Nick though, and Nick can give you a yeah, very you can, nice you, training program. Yeah, or you can just pop me a DM and we can have a chat. Essentially, it does take about three years of running to serve all of the the injuries that might come up and deal with those accordingly before you can build up properly towards towards comrades. Amen. All right. Next question was from Devon. Devon has two questions. He asked, firstly, what is your biggest fear on race day? And then secondly, which is one of my favorite questions, what will you you be eating post-race? Post-race? Oh, that's nice. <laughs> Leo earlier <laughs> said everything. Yeah, yeah. It's nice to think about the post-race, right? Because um, it gives you something to look forward to afterwards. Everything has been like comrades, comrades, comrades. So I reckon post-race. Sushi for me. Sushi, eh? Hey? I'm going I'm to do all my favorite foods. So... <laughs> I love Thai food, so definitely a, a, a sun-dried cashew nut jasmine rice meal. Oof, can't go wrong. A buy me prick pile guy from uh, from, <laughs> from old Steady's days. <laughs> You're a particular fella, aren't you? Yeah, some Thai food. Then followed up by a Chunky's cheeseburger, a double patty Chunky's cheeseburger. It's a goodie. Double patty cheeseburger. That sounds fantastic for me. I think that's what I would go for. Then a few hand rolls. I do love a salmon hand roll. Okay, now we just, this is how to make a, a runner, the food. And then some Paul's ice cream. <laughs> Have you tried the speckled egg chocolate from Woolworths? That, yes. The, we can, problem, we, the problem for me is really I've been trying everything up until this point. So there's nothing I'm essentially craving. That doesn't matter. You can eat everything though. So, oh. so I think the answer to that is everything. Yeah. And then the biggest fear on race day. The biggest fear for me on race day is, is, is watching Davey come flying past him and eating his dust. <laughs> The silence speaks for itself. My biggest fear on race day is <laughs> Davey saying that he's going to run the whole race with me and then having Davey running 200 meters ahead of me the entire 89 kilometers only for me to dust him in the last 800 meters. As we come into the stadium, I will build up that resentment, that anger for 98 Ks. For 90 Ks. You're in trouble, boy. Tell me how you really feel. No. My biggest fear is... A cramp. Yeah. A cramp, not a cramp. A cramp. Yeah. B Nick beating me. Okay. I, I believe before we embarked on this journey, there was talks of us holding <laughs> hands and finishing together. Let's just be real with each other. Look me in the eye. Are we gonna finish together? If we're together coming into the stadium, I'm not gonna try and um, dust you in the last two hundred meters. Promise. I promise. I can't promise to say. <laughs> <laughs> Looks me in the eyes and lies. Um, so I want to re-answer that question for Dave because obviously my, my biggest fear has not uh, got anything to do with you, Davey. <laughs> <laughs> my biggest fear is personal and it's just uh, falling short of my, of my goal target, I think. Which it's is? A, it's a 655. 
So You said 6.58 yesterday morning. I've been saying 6.55 for the last six months, Davey. You're just you you're hearing it differently every time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, my answer stays. And then the next one from um, Chanel Stratum. It's Stratum underscore Chanel. So okay. I assume it's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what do you eat to keep your energy high? Well, Chanel, I personally love to eat Future Life. Um, all types of Future Life. It's amazing. You should try it. Okay, you're giving Future Life a shout out. What about <laughs> that monster energy drink right behind you that you sipped in on the way That's yesterday? just bad for you. I'll be straight up. That's bad for you. <laughs> so, but I love caffeine. Uh, what, <laughs> what do you eat? Nick's Italian. So... I want to say like a nice linguine pasta. Yeah, for me, pasta uh, is the go-to. I'm trying pasta almost every day. Do you eat pasta for breakfast? Mm. What do Italians... My, my wife eats pasta for breakfast. <laughs> I eat pastries. Jeez, man. Italians eat pastries for breakfast, bro. Croissants are the thing. All right. Yeah. All right. And recently, tell me, I, I noticed you've um, gone to, like you've shifted towards like a professional athlete schedule because the other day you sent me a, <laughs> a, a, a photo or your wife sent me a photo. I'm not too sure how it ended up with me. I think you sent it, which was quite embarrassing, but you were having a nap at like <laughs> one o'clock. It's, a, it's, a, it's the beauty of this taper, David. Okay. We have so much time now that I am taking naps at 12 o'clock. Also, my business has severely suffered in this Business is booming. <laughs> in this build up to comrades aka i haven't done no work uh so yeah i've got a little bit more time and i i am trying to recover as much as i can recovery is sleep is the best form of recovery yeah that's why i skipped gym let's go one more question before we move on okay one more question that's a goodie uh meg stain who's also a bio asked what our recommended mileage for next week will be okay so in terms of the mileage it's all dependent on you as an individual and what you have been doing up until now uh, the key there is obviously if davy and i did 160 k's in our peak mileage then when we started the deload process two weeks ago we would have gone down to half of that which would have been around about 90 80 kilometers which to some people that would have been their peak mileage so it all depends but essentially in the week building up to comrades you maybe want to have a couple of easy runs 45 minute 40 minute runs and it depends on preference really if you want to do a run the day before just to shake the legs out i personally prefer to rest the day before and do like a five to six k run very easy on the friday so it depends the mileage will be about 20 to 30 k's before comrades and this particular a week so two weeks before comrades it will be about 40 to 50 for us thank you so guys we're going to move the conversation on now and we've got a couple of uh, voice notes from barry holland you remember barry holland from episode eight of our podcast he is a comrades legend a record holder in comrades with 47 consecutive comrades uh, going for number 48 and he's got a couple of uh advice points for our listeners uh, just listen in here it's a couple of minutes um, we'll we'll be breaking it down in between and giving you a little bit of our feedback on that and i think it's something that's really valuable in the hours leading up to comrades to focus your energy on these very wise words hit it barry well the uh, waiting is nearly over uh, and in fact we are just over a week before we all run uh, the greatest road race in the world so Perhaps one of the biggest problems you're going to face right now is just that, the waiting. You have to wait for this race to get to you. Don't try and do things that you haven't done before. Don't go out and run when you shouldn't be running. Uh, just chill and this race will get to us. But the waiting is terrible. We all know that. 
uh, but you just have to do it and please don't go and do any unusual things uh, just keep to your simple routines whatever you're doing now keep on doing it go to the bed at the same time sleep the same number of hours uh, don't go and do anything different yeah i mean that's that's amen <laughs> that is a key so don't don't try change anything that you um haven't changed up until this point if it's something that you haven't done up until now it means that you haven't needed it in your training so it doesn't matter what anybody says even if it's something that you heard here tonight with us that you thought oh damn i need to get around to doing that do not change it. Nothing you do right now is going to change the outcome of your race day. It can only affect your race day negatively. Mm, I just have to say that the, the nighttime routine is fine. That's safe. You <laughs> yes. can do that. Davy's nighttime Recommend routine. Recommend doing that. The lavender. That's fine. Okay. The, uh, the Barry does go on a little bit. So here we go. It's very important in this last period as you go into comrades in this last week or so is to get yourself up mentally. Uh, Comrades is very much in your head, 70% in your head, and perhaps only 30% in your legs. So you have to get yourself up mentally, you have to get yourself motivated, you have to be strong in your mind. Your mind, your head is what's gonna get you across that finish line in Durban. So, think positive thoughts all the time and live your time whatever your time is live your time believe your time whatever you're doing if you're breaking 10 hours or breaking seven hours it doesn't matter the runner you are is the runner you are just get out there and believe that you can do that time belief is everything in running comrades get motivated by watching some motivational movies whatever turns you on uh, things like braveheart uh, movies like uh, saving private ryan all those kind of almost uh, iconic type movies that uh, sort of get you revved up uh, the same thing with books go and read a motivational book uh, to each his own i mean i love a, a book called the power of one by bryce courtney go and read that again because i've read it about four or five times go and read it again or go and watch that movie again because uh, you need to get yourself up mentally very importantly you need to plan your race and race your plan simple 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 advice but you need to plan this race it's 90 kilometers you can't just go in uh, and think well i'm starting in marisburg and i'm finishing in durban you have to break it up into bite-sized chunks you have to know where you're going to be at what time you're going to need to know what time you're going through halfway that's an absolutely critical time and then having done this planning you need to race that plan biggest biggest fault made by so many runners is they get to the start line they get carried away they get sucked in with people running faster than them and uh, you know it's all great for 20 30 40 kilometers come 60 kilometers it's a whole new ball game and if you haven't raced your plan you could be in serious trouble on the day so don't get sucked in with people just race your plan it's only it's your day so I think with that, it's it's extremely important to note that obviously the, the race day planning is a huge element of it. And we'll chat a little bit more about the actual um, how to go about planning a race and how to understand the course a little bit better. So don't worry if you don't have a plan after today, you'll have a, a much better and clearer idea of what it is required for you on race day. Unlike Davey, whose plan is to just uh, sit with his coach and run with him, has got no clue on what to do on the day. 
Um, the thing is, everybody. I know, I know exactly <laughs> what I have to do is get from Peter Marisberg to Durban. <laughs> exactly what seven hours. Exactly what Barry said not to do. Yeah. Uh, the last little note from Barry, guys. So just listen up, and then we'll unpack all of that. Critically important, uh, especially for the actual day itself, is try and remove every possible stress point that could happen. Uh, if you were planning to leave for the start at four o'clock, rather leave at three o'clock or two o'clock. I know it sounds crazy, but hey, you don't want to be stressed getting to the start of, of your race. And uh, just make sure that you do the normal things again, normal 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 socks normal everything don't do anything different on the morning um, carry what you would normally carry on a long run but just make sure that you get up early out there early it's far better to sit on the start line as uncomfortable as it may be for an extra half an hour rather than stressing getting there and being in a hell of a state by the time you get onto the start line. Also, remember to take something warm, a warm top that you can throw away. You don't want to have to carry a top all the way to Durban. So something old uh, that you can simply throw away. It could be cold in Maritzburg. August, it's unlikely to be, uh, but you never know with a cold snap, it could be very cold in, in Maritzburg. So rather go prepared with, a, with an old top that you can actually throw away uh, after about 15 or 16 Ks or so. So I apologize uh, for the bashing noise in the background of Barry's voice notes, but guys, there's some really, really um, sound wisdom over there. The guy, nuggets. The guy knows what he's talking about. And if any of that resonates with you, and if you maybe listen to that and you thought, oh, I didn't think about that. Well, we're glad that, you know, now you, now you have been made aware of it. Perhaps you weren't thinking about the cold. Perhaps you, you weren't thinking about getting there earlier. And with this year, obviously, the, the road closures that are happening and all the road works, it is going to be chaos, guys. So really do take that advice uh, and, and make sure that you get to the start nice and early. You want to try and limit all of the stresses that you can. And if you, if you haven't listened to episode eight with Barry Holland, I strongly recommend that. It is a hell of a motivational and inspiring um, story of his and there's there's even more nuggets in that episode so i strongly recommend going back to towards that davy how does listening to barry's uh little nuggets there make you feel does it does it make the race day feel a little bit more real yeah or? it's kind of counterproductive for me because now <laughs> i'm like it's going against my plan but it's fine <laughs> if there's anybody i would want to listen to and take advice from it's from someone that's done the comrades 47 yeah. times so yeah. You know, before you go and ask your friends and Google search this and that, just maybe uh, yeah, take those words of advice because trial and tested 47 times. I will definitely be taking that advice. Uh, so yeah, pretty 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 darn good advice. I can't I can't yeah, deny can't that. Can't falter it. So yeah. I mean, the one thing that resonates with with me and what he said is the plan your race and race your plan. So. Here's where we're going to get onto the guard to the comrades route because I think in order to to plan a race the magnitude of comrades you need to have a good idea of when to push when to be conservative and obviously with a, a route such as the one that we're going to be embarking on on the 28th of August there's a lot of ups and downs it is a down run, but it doesn't really feel like a down run for at least half of it. There's there's some big hills to be climbed. So I think one of the key elements of planning a race, and if you haven't planned it, I think this is going to help you a hell of a lot, is obviously breaking it up 
into little bite-sized chunks and understanding the overall goal of each one of those little chunks. The easiest way to do that is, I would say, five little chunks and and these are also directly from from barry's book and something that barry speaks about in his uh, comrades episode with us but essentially one of the questions that people ask to start off with is which one's easier the, the down run or the up run well the up run is arguably one of the especially it starts out with probably the hardest marathon that you can run for the, the first 42 is, is straight up. So it's a hell of a difficult thing. Uh, but running uphill isn't necessarily as tasking on your on your limbs and legs, whereas running down can really, really hurt. And the fact that the major downhills really come after halfway means that you've already run a marathon before you start going down. So they're both pretty hard <laughs> there, there isn't one harder than the other i think it all depends on you as a runner and what you prefer but in terms of the down run obviously this is what we're embarking on it starts out in maritzburg and the first little bit the start to umlas road i think that is um, a key part of the run it is a part of the run where you can really take your time to get into the race you can build your pace up easily. You can be a little bit behind schedule here. Uh, Umlast Road is obviously the highest point in Comrades. What you said there in, in these notes, Nick, is early caution is rewarded later, which is actually a really nice way to put it. Yeah. Because leading into Umlast Road to Nchanga, um, that's that's the reward that we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, because the next section, so that first section takes you from zero to 18 kilometers. It's going to be cold in the morning. People are going to start out really fast, especially if you're in a higher batch. People are going to rush out of there to try and get some space. Uh, so it's important to stick to your plan here and have a clear idea of what to do for those first 18 Ks until you get to that highest point. How do you know you got into the highest point? Well, there's a water tower at the top of Umlas. It's going to be dark by then, but you'll recognize the water tower and that's how you know that you're at the highest point of the comrades which means that the net flow thereafter is down and that's where you really do start to see the first reward which is the second section which is umlas road right to the foothill of Inchanga. that's 18 k's right through to 41 kilometers and here is where you can start to brave the legs a little bit you can just get into a bit of a flow you can make up a bit of the time that you lost in the first 18 kilometers and there's no major hills or major downhills so it's really a nice flowing section it is still going to be fairly dark there isn't going to be much support especially this year up until cater ridge so you are going to be on your own and you're going to have to make sure that you plan accordingly for that the the most crucial part of comrades comes up next which is the third section it's in changa through to hillcrest this is where your race is going to be either made or broken the reason being is that it's it's extremely hilly this section it's only and 11 k it's only 11 k's but it can really hurt you because in these 11 k's you've got three of the major hills in comrades you've obviously got in changa you then have alverston and you have Buertas. and the small hill which i tend to pretty much dislike after having done root test there is the hillcrest hill it literally you arrive at the bottom of Buertas, you've had some free flowing running down Buertas, and you've got this little sharp nasty little bit to get up to the top of hillcrest and if you've pushed too hard during that section you are really going to sacrifice section number four which section number four is where you you actually get your race your race time is going to be determined in section number four so if you push too hard during those little 11ks going through halfway you are going to suffer so i'd rather 
exercise extreme caution in these sections. Just so you know, when you get to the top of Hillcrest and you start going down all the way to Palm Town, this is kilometers 53 to 70. This is the greatest opportunity on the down run. It's 18 kilometers of pure running country. There's no major hills. There's no major climbs. Lots of support. There's lots of support. You're going to really feel excited at this stage. You're going to be flowing nicely along some very nice stretches of tar and road down Fields Hill. Obviously, that's the only section where you really need to be a little bit cautious, but you know, it sets you up for your time. And if you're going for a specific time, if you're racing, this is where you start your race when you get into Hillcrest. The, the last section, guys, is really the Pine Town to Finish section. There's a couple of hills. Here it's really kilometers 70 to 90. The, the hardest part of the race. <laughs> your body's going to be broken. And this is where really demand is extremely important. And I'll take you back to, I think, episode six, Prodigal Kumalo. You know, he's a gold medalist. He's he's done comrades many, many times. Uh, he's extremely experienced. And this is the section where you would say you got to run with your heart because your legs are done. Mm. Your mind is breaking, but your heart, all that momentum that you mm. built up in your training, all it's that like dedication. What, what, it's like, what's another 20Ks? Yeah. What's a 20K run after every single run you've done? And that's what you can say. What's another 20 you, you tell yourself, it's just another morning run. Yeah. It's just another Sunday run. But and after how many hours yeah. on your feet, it's not going to be it's just It's going to be a hell of a difficult. But guys, if you plan your race to uh, uh, and take into account the difficult sections, the first 18 kilometers, that middle 11 kilometers. If you really save yourself in that space, you essentially have 60 kilometers of great running country. I think you've and just uh, flipped a switch on my side, Nick. This is not good. Sorry, David. Because <laughs> now I'm panicking. Well, <laughs> I now I'm looking at this. I, I've actually said to myself, I'm printing this out. I'm putting it on my I'm like, is it too late? lucky Dave you've got a coach that's going to help you through this okay yeah, so okay. don't worry I'm good, I'm good. but guys I think in terms of planning that race plan it to these sections so you know you don't just say okay well I'm going to split it up into 30 kilometer chunks because what is happening within those 30 kilometers rather yeah. set yourself times and know yeah. like Barry say, says that the crucial time is your halfway time know what your halfway time is and know that in the second half, you can really improve on that halfway time. Sure. So even if that halfway time is a little bit conservative, trust your training enough to know that your legs are going to be there come the end. And, you know, once you get to the top of the last hill, Mavel, which essentially takes you underneath the Tollgate Bridge and you start to see Durban in front of you, it is downhill and then flat all the way to Moses Mabida. And what a beautiful place to finish the race. Uh, it's really going to be emotional all, all of the that passion is going to free flow. For me, it's going to be in tears. I'm 100% certain of that. Uh, I've already cried That's a lot. That's the difference between you and I. Oh, really? We'll <laughs> see about that, boy. We'll see about that on the day. I'm sure Davey's going to be live on Instagram at some stage. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep you guys posted on uh, how things are going. Uh, but guys, really plan that race and race your plan. That is the, the words from myself, from Barry, anybody that tells you anything about comrades, you got to go in there knowing exactly. And I know that some people like to say, well, Barry specifically in his podcast with us says, there's no plan B. Plan B is a failure of plan A. Uh, you know, it's difficult to say that. For some people, I believe that that is true. But I've also, in my personal experience, and this is my point of view, I've seen it happen too many times where people don't plan for things going 
not according to plan. And now all of a sudden something happens, say you get a cramp or you've got a stomach issue or you you've left the bottle with a seconder of yours and your seconder doesn't find you. Things might not go according to plan. Now, if you have a B plan, then you have a default to fall back to. If you don't have that default to fall back to, you might find yourself struggling and wanting more and giving up completely. And you know, you've You've given up six months, eight months, some people years of their lives to train for this race. Don't let little setbacks on the day set back this entire training experience for you. You only got one shot. Do not miss a chance. One opportunity, one moment. <laughs> this is your chance. <laughs> right. So don't don't go in it without having planned. Guys, you know, it's important to note that with comrades, as Barry mentions, the mental strength is key. Having positive mindset, positive reinforcement the entire time is crucial. But, you know, there's a lot of things that comrades teaches you. It teaches you a lot about your life in general. Use those positive initiatives in your life and, and reinforce that positive energy as much as you can. You know, it teaches you to plan. You you can't train for comrades unless you're good, you're good at planning or following a plan. So, you know, there's a lot of things that you, that you learn from planning. You become a good leader. You either you either are your own leader on race day through controlling your plan, or you you lead others to achieve their certain goals. So you know it, it's amazing what comrades does. It's really that it's really that camaraderie. Com- camaraderie. It's really yeah, that's the word. It's yeah. really that camaraderie that comrades brings. You know, it teaches you to organize things, organize your seconders, organize your your race, plan that race, and it teaches you control because at the end of the day. You're the only person that can control the race. So don't allow yourself to ever be out of control on race day and don't let the race day control you. So just with that, we're going to get onto the questions from uh, the, the second batch of questions from our followers. And then guys, we're going to be, we're going to be closing off nice and neatly with an awesome voice note from Prodigal Kumalo himself. Okay. Um, Sammy underscore Sia. This was this was a bit of a, a brain uh, teaser. The Sammy wants to know which comrades is the most environmentally friendly <laughs> race. He said, "Silly question, but he's just curious." And and Nick mm. has a has an answer for this because so I was the, stumped. Which comrades is the most environmentally friendly race? Mm. Well, I would say the virtual comrades mm. is the most environmentally <laughs> friendly race because. Um, yeah, I mean, the, I think that you you won't be running on on the route. You won't be polluting anything. Although, having said that, Although, comrades comrades does close the route yes, for the day. So yes. essentially, route closure means that there's no cars driving on the yes. route. So, so maybe yes. that's more environmentally friendly. But I don't know the answer. And to the they pick up all the litter at the same time. So, no, so, so, so I think comrades in general running is much more environmentally friendly than and then, driving. Then Formula One. Formula One. Mm-hmm. So comrades is environmentally friendly all right okay uh running with shell uh, wants to know what our favorite long run and speed sessions have been so my favorite long run is was was root tester, tester and sure. my favorite uh, speed session would have been a good old track when we did that 20k speed session <laughs> around yeah. track running by the, around by the end of our training block we were doing some monstrous training sessions we were doing like 10 six minute repeats so it's like 10 mile repeats with very short rest in between which we got us to about 20 kilometers on a, on a track session which was brutal i call that the kipchoge session because uh, kipchoge <laughs> oh, is famous yeah. for his massive track, track sessions, sessions. So, i enjoyed it so we felt like kipchoge's for for a few 
hours of a day. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. <laughs> and then Lontando wants to know uh, how to keep your mental strength po- positive during long runs. Okay, so I think that's that's different for everybody it depends on what makes you tick you know so if you're someone that likes to listen to music to motivate or listen to podcasts to motivate like this like this podcast then that's great i mean i personally like to have people company always helps me motivate uh on a run just because it takes the the mind off the pain but uh another technique that i've become used to and also something that i've seen a lot of people talk about is just smiling so just just showing happiness ooze <laughs> yeah just just oozing Sorry. oozing happiness really makes you fe- forget about the pain and it's also it's it's been shown psychologically it's something that Elliot Kipchoge is known for as well so when you're seeing him smiling during his races you know that he's hurting but you're not seeing that you're seeing the smile so if there's one thing you should do when you when you are running on comrades race route is smile away smile and wave smile and wave that's pretty much most of the questions that we had some of them were on the same topics but thank you so much guys for everybody that reached out and asked us a question we hope that they helped you along you know your comrades journey if you are not running comrades this year but you certainly have plans to do it then then I, i really hope that we did somehow you know help plant that seed and get you going in the right direction fantastic guys uh we hope you have enjoyed the show tonight Thank you so much, guys. When you listen to this, it'll be how many days until Comrades? It's going to be next Wednesday, so it will be Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Saturday. Three days. Three days. So, you know, you you better be ready because it's coming. That mountain is right in front of you. All the best, guys. Good luck, guys. And we're going to leave you off with some uh, wise words from Prodigal Kumalo. Guys, episode six, if you haven't listened to that, I also recommend going back to it. He's got some serious gems. He's a hell of a motivational guy and one to look out for this year for uh, for a gold medal finish. So thank you, guys. Have a fantastic day, Furda, and we'll catch up soon. Thanks for listening. Hi, everyone. My name is Prodigal Kumalo, your fellow comrades marathon uh, runner. Uh, just want to wish you all the best. During this time, uh, please look after yourself. Just make sure uh, you're still taking your vitamin C tablets so that you don't get flu. Uh, please don't change anything now. It's too late to change. Stick to what you know. Uh, I mean, your running shoes, your kits, your supplements. Just stick to what you know. That's all from me. All the best. Once again, guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Making a Runner. If you enjoy this podcast, you can listen to it on Spotify, Apple Music. And don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram at Making a Runner to follow the journey of our guests and our podcast and catch up on the latest news. Bye for now. Cheers, guys. This episode of Making a Runner was proudly brought to you by Cool Ideas. If you're tired of getting to run around with your current internet service provider and would like to feel valued as a customer, make sure to check them out on www.coolideas.co.za. This is the top tip I'll leave you with today.